podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to season 21 episode, is it really 16? Yeah. Looks like it. 16 of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm hold Joey. On, hold on to 16 as long, long as, as you can. can. Change is coming around real soon. Make us. Wait, oh, no, I don't want to get. We man, did a copyright man. infringement here. The whole thing will be canceled. Don't let it rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Stork. Yeah, me. Here That's I am. going so well. In mm. this in this episode of Happy Jack's RPG podcast, Heavy Metal Jess writes in about rivals for the player a PC party. This is the perfect time to use the soundboard. You have like one of those arr, 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 emergency emergency. Oh yeah, it's an urgent. It was an urgent email. So, so what we were going to talk about for the main topic is going to get pushed to next week. Yeah. So we'll talk about this now. Uh, Ed from Florida, nay Minnesota, uh, writes in about finding fun. And M from the Twin Cities sends us a horror story and asks for some advice. But first, if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Or you can find us on the social medias. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, happyjacksrpg, all one word. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. Watch the show live on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time. We record the show live. Go to happyjacks.org slash live. And you will find all the shit there to watch what we do here. Yes. We're all okay here. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah. How are you? How are you? Oh. Fine. Yeah. All right. Is it, uh, there's anything anyone want to talk about? Plugging anything or anything like that going on? That we need to. Uh, Do you want to talk about fair and Bogfest? And oh yeah, that? tomorrow. If, if you're listening tonight, by the time this episode comes out, although I might try to get it out, get it posted tonight. Do the thing. This yeah. is a rough week, rough weekend to try to get it something posted after tonight. Mm. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, well, this is the third weekend of the Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Irwindale, California, so you can come and see us there. And also, um, tomorrow night at Callahan's Irish Pub, which is right across the street from the fair site in beautiful downtown Irwindale, Bogfest 2018. This will be like Bogfest 25 or 26 at this point. I don't remember how many we've had so far. It's it's literally, I think you guys did one year without me, and then we, then, or two years. Maybe, maybe, maybe you did, we did one, one year. Well, we did a Bogfest that year. you did a Bogfest that year, yeah. So, the, we so had, it's the, as old the only, as the, the only Bogfest we didn't do was the year we were fired. Right. And I think we've been around 25 or 26 years. years. Maybe it's 26, so that we've done 25 Bogfests, maybe? Maybe, who knows? That sounds about right. Uh, So that that show will start sometime around 8 p.m. Pacific time. Traffic coming out of the fair is going to be terrible, so we're going to wait and 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 allow... At least the band members to show up, so we have a full band. By we the time appreciate we start. that. Yeah, and uh, often we will wait until there is an audience too, because some of them are stuck. Because last year I had everything set up, and at like seven forty-five, the place was maybe half full. Yeah. Right. My first year, I got stuck because someone tried to go up the the rock right. quarry, oh. and so there's a ton of traffic. So I had, almost had to crowd surf from the back of the they house. Tried to drive up it? Yeah, they, someone tried to drive up it and Must got have stuck. Been really drunk, douchebaggery. Oh, it was awful. But I remember I, I, I almost had to crowd surf over the crowd because one of the last guys in the band to get there. It was nice. insane. It was yeah. absolutely insane. That's yeah. a good like first bog fest. I oh, it was I amazing. <laughs> I think they also closed the park. Like for some reason, the the 
Maybe because the guy tried to drive up the thing, they Could closed be. everything down. So that oh, there was help. an accident, wasn't it? I thought it was an accident. Well, because he I got think stuck that was the accident. Rise. That was the accident. Yeah. Okay, right. So yeah. oh, you know, to sweeten the deal, and I'm, I'm going to spin this in our favor. Oh yeah, where's do you get? Do you have one there? No, to sweeten the deal. Oh yeah, well yeah, there's oh, yeah. one of those. But but more than that, I was going to say Steam Power Giraffe is actually playing. So if you want to go see them and then come see Bogfest afterwards, because we are releasing our brand new album. Ooh, Here, Kimmy can hold ah. it up to you. Yeah, it is called Atlas Chugged. And it's it very literary. Huh? Yeah, you know. and uh, Stork did part of the covers. That's pretty awesome. I believe that I played a song from that last week for the We'll Leave You With a Song. I know awesome. you did. So, and where can get, they get this? It's going to be on iTunes, right? Eventually, yeah. Okay. That won't happen until after Fair's over. Well, yeah, but... Right now, if you want to get it, you got to come to Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But if you don't come to Fair, it will eventually be on iTunes. Yes, it will be on iTunes and all of those other places mm-hmm. sometime after Fair. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a buzz, and that's, that's bugging that's the shit me. out of me. That's me. No, it's not. Yeah. Is it you? Yeah, I'm sure it is. No, Why it's gone it? now. <laughs> kind of. All right. So anyway. <laughs> Everybody um, sit very still. All right. Uh, semi-urgent topic, building a rival group. Okay. But which this got upgraded to a, a, a urgent topic. Dear Jackholes. Oh, this is from Heavy Metal Jazz. Yes. Uh, I haven't written in for a while because I've been on a break from running games. During that time, I had hoped to play in a few games, but it just never worked out. Excuse me. Now I'm back to running my homebrew setting in D&D 5th edition. I've been loving the simplicity and having engaging players who are almost all new to the system. Nice. That's awesome. A few are new to tabletop role-playing as well. I got backstories from everyone. Hashtag blessed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm running the adventuring guild trope in this game and need your advice. The player characters have just arrived at the guild, which is new in the game world. Uh, It's only been operating for a few months. Right now, it's a small village with three groups, quote-unquote, of students that get sent out to deal with newly arrived magical beasts appearing in the game world explore newly discovered ancient ruins, and to procure items related to ancient gods for a nearby clerical monastery established by an older group of PCs. I like continuity. I do too. Um, so part of the training... <coughs> so part of the training facility... part it, it, So it's part training facility, part archaeological club, part Night's Watch. Got it. Okay. Cool. I like the setup. I dig Mm -hmm. it. I'm in the midst of doing the prep work for the other three groups and would like to build one of them as a clear rival. The Bone Hunters are the mean, cool kids who dislike everyone else. What I'd like to hear from the hosts is how you would go about building these rivals. Should I keep them always at the same level as the PCs? How do I involve them in the story without them taking too much spotlight time? How mean do I let them be without making my players feel like I'm picking on them? I want the players to be competitive with them and maybe hate them. But I also don't want them to be cooler than the PCs. I just want them to think that they're cooler. Mm -hmm. I'm using Slack to supplement table time and was thinking of having some of the members interact with the PCs one-on-one in play-by-post during the week. Any ideas Mm -hmm. on how to run such a thing? I hear y'all talk about using slack and was curious what success you've had i have players who have done play by post in the past but i'm having a hard time engaging them thanks in advance heavy metal jess p.s someone on discord 
recommended Alaskan Amber as a great non-IPA, and I have to sing its praises. It's a solid, drinkable beer for all occasions. Now the customary. Drink! Drink! Alaskan Amber. I think I may have dated her, or at least saw her show. I thought that was a kind of hash. (laughs) Oh, happy 420. Oh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's talk, um, before we go on to the play-by-post engagement, let's talk Mm -hmm. about building a rival and what it, what, how can you get the players invested in a rivalry? Obviously, these are NPCs, so it's like they're an adventure. They're one of part of the Adventurers Guild, and they were sent out as a unit. And there's that other unit over there that she wants to build up a rivalry. What are some ways in the past, maybe in games, that you have found yourself having rivalries? Oh, I think my favorite, how do they come about? My favorite rivalry I've ever had was in a Star Wars campaign where I was playing a an up and coming Jedi. Uh, fighting against a, an Imperial officer. It was basically kind of almost doing the Avatar Zuko relationship where he was trying to find me, and it was his oh, mission to find okay. me. And one of my favorite moments of that entire game was realizing that if circumstances were different and we were on the same side, we would be best friends. Mm. <laughs> our ideologies and our, our way of working with people is so similar, mm-hmm. but we're on two completely opposite sides of the swore mm-hmm. and fervently believe in our own side. Right. So we literally, at one point at the table, me and the DM had like a 20-minute de- like argument over the the validity of the rebellion before we even like, drew weapons and started attacking each other. But like right. in character, had this debate. It was amazing! Not only am I going to fight you, I'm going to prove you wrong first. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was great. So, whenever Who I won? think of rivals... <laughs> oh, I won. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... I uh, later on in the campaign ended up using the force and threw him into a uh, shield generator. Um, like you do, right? Like it was that or him, him kill me. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but that's always kind of now been the yardstick that I measure all rivalries for in games. Is that's a great place to start? Mm-hmm. Is have them if things were different, they would be the same person, or they would be best friends, or they would be lovers, or they would be mm-hmm. have it have it be that really close connection, but they're divided for some reason. Have that reason be the campaign. It's very. Oh, it's very funny you mention that because I, I built uh, a game uh, uh, called Big Blue Monkeys in Outer Space and I had six player characters. There was a British captain, there was an American captain, and then there was uh, the uh, first mate of the American and then the, the mechanic, and then there was the ship's doctor who was, one, who was British, and then there was uh, the, the sort of psychic special ops person who was also British. So the table split three to three, I took the exact same character sheet <laughs> and I switched two skills. I said, okay, this guy's going to be better at the sword. This guy's going to be better at his blaster. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're the nice. same character. So whenever... And, and Now, this is a little different because this was two player characters. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things on their character sheet was, you have a rivalry with this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And they, and they and of you, course... That every, was boiled into the actual generation. Yes. Of and, it, and, 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 and every adventure is them... Right in the very beginning is some reason why they have to be working together again. We mm-hmm. actually did an AP of it recently. Yeah, yeah, we did. And the 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 funny thing is, they all know they both know that they have rivalries, and everyone who's played those characters has played that up pretty well. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that they have the exact same skill set at the same levels means like, oh, someone needs to bound across, uh, or, you know, swing across this rope to the other ship. Oh, I can do that, and think. Oh, I can do it too, and then and so that every time there was anything to do, there was always competition between the two of them because their characters were freaking identical. That's except how you build for, it. Except for sword fighting and shooting, that yeah. was the only thing. That's yeah. how you build it, mm-hmm. right there, Jess. That's how you do it. <coughs> you basically take the people's characters and then you make their doppelgangers. I don't know, though. I think part of me thinks. I mean, 
like myself as a player, like I put a lot of time into making my uh, my PC unique. Sure. Like I might be a little pissed off if suddenly the GM's like, "Oh, look, there's someone just exactly the same." But isn't that the point? He may not necessarily know they're the same. Right. I, I mean, I'll tell you, yeah. most players who've played it mm-hmm. did not notice that their character sheets were identical yeah, except for one skill. Nobody's comparing stats. Yeah. No. Right. right. I mean, you'd have to find a way to go about it where it's not exactly the same. Like if if you're if as a PC, if I were playing, and then I suddenly was like, okay, they just took my character and copied it and renamed it. Like I'd be like, like oh look, it's Bizarro me. But yeah. would you know that? I if, don't the, know. if the GM, if the totally GM literally the took your character yeah. sheet and yeah. was sitting there with it, and it's like, oh no, you didn't hit. I mean, you might not know. I right. mean, it depends on the GM style because sometimes right. people are like, oh, I've got you know. It depends on how vocal you are with the the measurements and the mechanics. Right. Because some people are like, oh, you know, oh plus two, okay, mm-hmm. and they're like, how do I have a plus two in that? Like after a while, like you might figure it out. Maybe, and it might work for one player in the party. Yeah, but I don't think you do a full party. No, 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 okay. no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I disagree. I think that's what you do is you go through your party and you make a functional party and you go through the, the player's party and you make pretty much their doppelgangers. Like you say, change a couple of skills around. People aren't going to know. And then you change their build and you ch- your, the, the way they look and the way they sound. Give them slightly different personalities. No one's going to yeah. guess or know. <laughs> and then, and then uh, to your, your other question, yeah, I keep them level with the characters. I'm thinking of great rivals from movies, right? And the one that comes to mind specifically is Belloc from mm. the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he even says, you know, you and I are not very different. Right. I, I would He's, almost... He was an archaeologist and yeah. also was, was gathering... Well, I would almost mm-hmm. make... I, th- I think I would make the rivals... If you're just starting out, like you're starting with like a first or third level game and you're going to be advancing at a reasonable pace... I would actually start. I think I would start the rivals maybe a level higher. Yeah, so. absolutely. Just so, just so right up front. But don't advance them. Yeah, don't you know, let, let them stay. So, like, if the party's at three, put the rivals at five. It depends how how long you want this to play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think you should advance. I mean, going to a weird place, but if you go to Pokemon, for example, and you have your rival in every game, there's that person that you're constantly fighting every once in a while. They're always a little bit higher level than you because you want that challenge. When you come across that rival, you want to sweat it out. You want to be like have to use every resource you have right. to overcome them, to then the rivalry is worth it. So I mean, uh, going back to the Star Wars example, the reason I had to throw him into the chill generator was he was a lot higher level than me and I was attacking him for like round after round after round and I could not land an attack at all. Mm-hmm. But he was like knocking my HP down like crazy. So I had to find another way to defeat him. Right. So you yeah, I think to up the the dr- drama, make them a higher level okay. and make the PCs have to mm-hmm. find another way of circumventing them, they they can't just outpower them. They have to outsmart them. Exactly. And they're not. We're or, not talking about. They're not going to come into a pitched battle. No, but it's they gonna, might. It. It's yeah, that's they possible. Can. It, well, it, it could, <laughs> like a barroom brawl or something like yeah. that. They probably get in trouble with their organization if they actually started killing each other. Right. Well, the other option too, you could actually flip that on its head and have the PC be a higher level, but have the rival have more resources. Because mm-hmm. going back to, like, Indiana Jones... Right, with Belloc, yeah. Yeah, exactly. like, he... Like, him and Indy in a fight? Like, no, like, Indy's gonna win. Right. But he's got, like, the big corporations. He's hired all the people to do the digging for him while he sits right. in the shade. Like, he's got all well, this stuff. he's got stuff. that sweet, sweet Nazi money. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, and, like, and maybe he he's a bit more charismatic, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, so and he, he's French. Yeah, so they, they actually, while their interests are sort of similar, they are actually very different characters, especially in the way they approach things. Well, I would say that using Stu's analogy, uh, he switched uh, acrobatics with charisma. 
So Belloc is a very charismatic kind of guy. is able to <coughs> get his way through sweet talking and, and conning. Whereas Indy just brute forces his way through. Right, but that's very different than switching to martial right. skills with each other. Like ha- switching sword fighting and blasters is very different than switching like very big personality. Right. Yeah, because that's almost like uh, like L five R courtier and Bushi. Exactly. Like, right. Yeah. So Still, it's not wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm saying like like that's a, that's a big switch, but uh, that can also give them an advantage because then if they do get in a fight, the PCs are probably going to win. Right. But there's still that rivalry, and there's a little bit more resentment there. Like, God dang it, they've got the nice stuff all the time. Well, We're camping like, in the dark, and yeah. he's got the hotel. Yeah. It's like when Malfoy yep. joins the Quidditch team. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. Stuff like that, and that kind of builds up that resentment because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just as good as them, and I'm I'm the scrappy one. Damn it, I'm working hard. Right. And yeah. it's like, uh, I think a good tool would just be look at uh, kind of what Sork was saying. All the famous rivals in books and movies. <laughs> In video games, and what made those rivals re- rivalries great? You know, there's because also you have different kinds of rivals. You have like Malfoy and Harry. You have Belloc and Indiana Jones. If you want something a little more zany, you have like not going back to Pokemon. Going back to Pokemon, Ash and Team Rocket. Like that's a rivalry, right? Yeah. And you know, you have to they kind of like come in and out, and that's something they deal with every once in a while. So you have and you always have make your rivals have introduced themselves with rhymes. <laughs> can never go wrong. <laughs> a good a good rival kind of develops. I mean, uh, yeah. Bill did a great job uh, in his Star Wars games with Kier Starfall, mm-hmm. and Kier just kept having to be there. And it, it, it's it's like there's a ship taking off, and I think I started. He didn't it even when start said, out as a rival. No, we ma- we made him we an enemy. Made him an enemy <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, tell me that isn't Kier Starfall's ship? And, and Bill's eyes got that twinkly look, and I'm like, oh shit, I just gave him. <laughs> and he go- and he goes. It's the idiots array. They're like, ah! And now all of a sudden we're all after him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's that simple. It's that little twist. But you have to be careful. I think here's the, here's the other side of it, which is they can't always show up. They can't always be there. Right, they yeah. can't always be one step ahead. It's nice once or twice, but you gotta let your players win now and again. Yeah. You gotta let your players, you know, like like Indy gets the statue and is running, and then uh, and you gotta may- be careful with this rival thing. And the, the- some of the rival stuff can totally happen off camera. Mm. It could be okay. We've, we're sending you guys over here to pick up the third key of Ventusler, and you guys are going to go get the fifth key of Ventusler. Right. Yeah. And then you know you, you guys. Oh, we, we fought the, oh, the undead stuff, and we came back. We got the key, and we come back. And they've been back for four days. Yeah. And they're like getting fat. And it could even be that, that you show up in the town and they've rented out all the available rooms. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's little things like mm-hmm. that, you know? I think one thing. Or renting oh. them out and then subletting them to the place. <laughs> oh, 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 no. I, I rented all the rooms, but if you want one, they're only like three gold a night. Yeah. That's okay, right? <laughs> There's one by the boiler that we can totally lend you for much cheaper. It's a small than little normal. hamlet, these, they, and you know they're going to show up and go raid this dungeon, and all of a sudden this group has already rented out the place. They've been there a day ahead of time. They're like, exactly, yeah. and they're in the rain, camping in the stables, going, oh, <laughs> "Eat those guys!" Yeah. <laughs> and there can also be a plot hook later, like how are they always day ahead of us? Yeah, right. So there's all that stuff. And that was that brings up another thing. Which maybe is, there's a nefarious reason why, or, or have it maybe connected, there's a mole in the party. Have mm-hmm. it connected with the with the backstories. I was thinking family members. You know, mm-hmm. there's the stepbrother, the brother, the sister, the father who doesn't yeah. want to succeed. All of that stuff is really interesting. This whole idea about a rival brings up ex. so many new uh-huh. things. You can is do. it the plucky ex? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that's really great to to do too is um, use other NPCs. To kind of feed into the narrative and feed into like the legend of those other other things, um, 
and because that can build frustration. Like one of the things that it's not NPCs, but um, in our Interpol X game, like my character was actually a magic user. And I was usually I good at it when I didn't roll like shit, but I kept rolling kind of like shit. It was like a campaign theme. And then Jason's character was not a magic user, but he thought he was, so he'd try and roll magic, and he just he couldn't nailed lose. it. Could not fail. Oh, couldn't fail. The fucking time. <laughs> so he was like, oh, my his character was a female, but he's like, ah, I'm a wizard. And my character's like, no, you're not a wizard. You're not. I'm the wizard, damn it. And it just became this big thing where this rival rivalry built up that was not based on actual mechanics, but was based on kind of like everyone else thought that they were super good at magic. So like all the people in a town are like, oh, he's the best paladin that's ever lived. And it's all based on fake <laughs> no, stories and stuff like wrong. that. Yeah, you know, your PC, who actually is a great paladin, is like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not a great paladin. And that can like help build that up too um, in a... In a less like stressful way than a, in like a more lighthearted way, if you're interested in doing that too, yeah. And that can be the way you introduce those other characters. It's like, oh, did you hear the great paladin? Blah blah blah. And then he walks in, and it's a paladin. Like Stork was saying in the backstory, I, I went to temple with him. He was a total jerk. He, he was that guy's a douchebag. Yeah, he was hiding when every time we did drills, he never right. did anything. Right. And he like he managed to like find a dead dragon at one point and dragged its carcass into town and pretended like he killed it and right. became like this this hero hero. So like using other P- NPCs to build up or take down or whatever those characters can be a really great tool to use too. If mm-hmm. you're if you're doing the whole adventure league thing too, apparently they've got, they're being bankrolled by a, another corporation to to do the same thing you're doing mm-hmm. and so there's there's that meta rivalry going on between the corporations as well. Um, I, I'm thinking of comic books with, um, uh, was it to Maxwell Lord and Booster Gold, and how he was—he's basically bankrolled this superhero, yeah. and he—he's trying to get his money worth. Yeah, this is early on. He's—he's he's kind of this duplicitous con man, businessman. It's a very, and his his role has changed recently. But he basically started out as sort of this manager for this superhero. It's like oh, I got a superhero here. He can do stuff. Hey, well, how, he much, how much is like it worth to you? Like a whole team. Like yeah. he bankrolled... Yeah. Uh, God, what is his name? I have th- I have that whole series. I don't remember. But he, they have some super cheesy like mm-hmm. superhero team name that were, they were going to be like the opposite of the Justice League. And so they had this fancy building and they were all kind of like the Justice League B team and they left the Justice League. So that's a great thing too is like have like their teammate... Oh no, we're going to be on your team. Oh, they're paying us more. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. Like the people they were helping, like their tavern, right. like barkeep who was feeding them information. Oh, I'm sorry. They're paying me more money now. I can't give you information anymore. <laughs> like those little things too. It's a, uh, it's a really fun thing that you're setting up here. Mm-hmm. I, again, I just need you to be aware to be careful because using that rivalry, if they're always there pissing them off, your players are not. Remember, you've you got to be your players' fans and you've got to let them win. Yeah. Occasionally. And you gotta let them dig their own holes. I think that the rivals showing up once or twice, and then just let the players. They're, at some point, they're gonna like light it in on fire, trying to track these people down. They're gonna try to, and they're gonna spend more time trying to intercept these rivals than they are actually gonna taking your plot hooks, which is great, which you, which you can build off of. But be careful that you that the that the rivals aren't. That you're not metagaming as a GM because I used to do this all the time. Well, they would do this and they're leveling with you and they would know this and they would know this because the people that are bankrolling them know this too. And so you got to be careful because they will always be ahead of the players and that's frustrating as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, I just thought of something. Uh, the other thing that <clears throat> I have found that 
the party absolutely detests is when they know for a fact someone is a shithead. Yes. But around all of the authority figures, they're model citizens. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, because now the party know, has special knowledge, and the party's like having special knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we know that these guys are fuckwads, but no one else does, and everyone else is falling for their horse shit. Yeah. And that, that will help drive that rivalry, too. Oh, that will actually drive that level of hatred that you're talking about, where it's like, no, no, we're not just going to kill them. Yeah. We want to ruin them. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's, and that's important. If this is the hook that you're setting, if you're going to set a couple of these hooks, once, that, once that's fish on, follow that. And yep. let them do what they're going to do. And let them win. Because that's the fun part. And then they're going to realize, oh my god, we defeated them! We never did succeed in the mission, did we? But we killed them! Right. And, and they're going to have more fun doing that. Trust me, you're going to fish on, and it'll be six or seven months of reeling them in. Mm-hmm. Um... Po- play by post got uh, <coughs> <coughs> members interact with PCs one on one in the play by post blah blah blah. Just curious if you had any success. I had players who have done play by post in the in their past, but have a hard time engaging them. Yeah, I I, I mean it's hard for me with this because play by post is not something that grabs me. No, I, I mean I love. I used to do play by post before there was like chat and stuff like that, right. like back in the day. Um, but even then, like as soon as I had like that real time interaction, that kind of took over. Yeah. I for me generally, I try to keep it role play light, and it's more about okay, what do you when what do you because you're doing it over Slack or you're doing it over email yeah. or chat or text or whatever. It's like what do you okay? So you meet this guy and you know he's this is what he says blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. This is kind of what he looks like and this is sort of the demeanor that you're picking up, and and just. I mean, if they're engaged with it, they engage with it. That's a bonus. If yeah. they don't, then they don't. Yeah, don't force it. But I think it'll be... The fact you're doing it one-on-one is going to make it easier. I did a play-by-post 5e game, and it just got to the point where I'd see the post, but I'm at work. I can't reply. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's what I want to do. And I totally solved that puzzle. On my lunch break, it's, like, gone. Like, we were already yeah. past it. Like, so my character did nothing for, like, the last two days, apparently. Yeah. Okay, right. that's cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think she's talking about one-on-one. Yeah, one-on-one, uh, <clears throat> awesome. Um... Also, nice thing about one-on-one, if you're doing like RP stuff, is you now have written record of it. Yeah. Just make sure you right. save it, like copy into a Word doc or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's great having just that that reference point because sometimes you say things like, "Oh, that was really cool." I have Scroll no idea what that was. Yeah, I, uh, one of the ways that works better for me is if it's like, it, like like in character writing. Mm-hmm. Like if like oh you get a letter from okay going back to my story about like the paladin who there's a douchebag paladin they're frustrated maybe you know they're writing with you know the master from the temple that they studied at right so you get a letter from them and you write a letter back and that that's the kind of play by post I can kind of get into sure because it's like makes sense like you were saying with like there's like a pause and there, that's a great way to introduce information um, and to kind of have build that frustration uh, about the rival especially if it's if it's and if they're uh, communicating with NPCs that are very remote to where yeah. the party is mm-hmm. at the moment, maybe all of their communications with them take place in a play-by-post away from the table, and it never. Yeah. And Slack would be a great tool for that. I actually right. really love Slack a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. really powerful tool, and it's really, really useful. And yeah. it's a great way because you can instant message anybody. Right. You can also group post, mm-hmm. set up different channels that people have access to. It's <coughs> really, really cool. Yeah. Snooze notifications. Oh yeah. Snooze <laughs> yeah, you can set timers. Um, I think the only thing that's really good for play-by-post these days is a chess game. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but, but back uh, in the day when you diplomacy. and I Diplomacy yeah. Diplomacy okay. It's All fantastic right. Diplomacy play by post. But again it's still about moves That's interesting It um, is I, I think It's all negotiation <laughs> So yeah. it's letters back and forth To say To see who will work with you And who won't Do you yeah. think you could 
I mean, I, I haven't played Diplomacy, but could you use the mechanics for Diplomacy to organize a play-by-post for another game in another system? Uh, would that be crazy? That would be crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that Slack could be very useful for, like you say, sending letters, sending notes, having players interact with the barkeep or something uh-huh. one-on-one if they want to do secrets and stuff out of character. But keep it at that. Don't try to make anything that's really game-related. You can flesh out moments. You can flesh out some character stuff. But I wouldn't uh, save big moments for the game because otherwise other players are going to feel cheated. Like if you're sure. like Joey and you work your ass off, you're like, I didn't get a, yeah, I didn't get any info. And, what? and the other thing, if Not you do, you sound if, like that. if you do have you some sort of, <laughs> if you do have a play-by-post opportunity for all of the players, offer them an XP bonus if they do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah. Do an extra XP is always a great carrot. XP. They play in D and D. They have XP. Yeah. They know mm-hmm. what XP is, even if they're new. Yeah. And for everyone who is waiting for me to remember it, uh, the conglomerate was the name of Booster Gold's uh, sponsored company by Maxwell Lord, which included like an oil company and mm-hmm. I know, LexCorp actually sponsored yep. it too. Yep. They were of course they did. <laughs> back in the day when he first started out, back in the eighties, is that a sports ball reference? Sports ball, yeah. Uh, Wait, which one? Shooty hoops, batty hoops, bucky hoops. <laughs> back in the day when he, when he first started, he was just basically a corporate sponsored superhero, very much in the vein of um, Mystery Men. Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. Uh, with was it was a Captain Captain Awesome, Captain Fan- Captain well, Amazing, well, Captain well, Amazing. Yeah, he yeah. showed up. Well, he'd stolen his suit. Greg from Kinnear. The future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And time travel back so he could be a cool superhero, and then he just fails always. <laughs> yeah. my this is not. It's very much in that kind of vein. So the, the original. Yeah. We're the super sort of duper team. And We're definitely not the super. Duper team. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch that movie again. It's so good. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it it has some moments. It's It's fun. fun. (laughs) It's a fun movie. Thank you. Yes. I can only turn invisible when no one's looking at <laughs> that me. That is amazing. <laughs> and the puns are worth and it. And absolutely too. something would happen at this table. I'm just saying. I, well, and when you watch it again after playing Vampire, you're like, that's a total thing. That is 100% a mechanical thing. Right. <laughs> and and <laughs> I love the puns. people can only turn invisible when nobody's looking at them. And the throwaway things that in there that, that to come around, it's a blame thrower. And you're like, oh, that's hilarious. Uh huh. And then it actually comes to work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's a blame. It's awful. Uh, I love uh, that. Movie. I only make non lethal instruments. Oh it's a blame. Do I have him? Do I have him on here? I don't know. Do you have him on the sound? Tom Waits? God, I love Tom. Not Tom Waits. No, no, no. I know he's not on here. But I might have. Where is it? Where is it? Do I have him? Wah, wah. Fail. Not it. Oh, come on. See, the soundboard is such a great idea. Idea. Oh. Well, while you're doing that, I will look. I will, I will start the next email. Yes, no. yeah. I hope that helps. Can we talk about games? Oh, yeah. Did anybody play anything? Uh, yeah, I played Spaniard's Ghost on Wednesday. Nice. It was lovely. Always a good time. Yes. Uh, Gina's character had some wonderful moments. Big, big story arcing moments, which were fun. Uh, we had a very cinematic battle. Oh, nice. Which was always fun because uh, we don't battle a lot in that game. So it's always someone who's new to the Savage World system mm-hmm. in general. It's like, how does this work again? Yeah. I'm adding what now? I'm not adding now. Like, what am I doing? Um, so thank you for sitting through that. Have you had like ship to ship combat? We've had a couple. Okay. Uh, it's mostly been that actually. We've only had a couple like on land okay. fights, but this was like ship to ship combat in the middle of a hurricane, like nice. like climactic moment of like at world's end kind of shit. Like Ooh. it was awesome. That's fabulous. Awesome. Totally worth it. Totally um, amazing. Did you find it there, Stu? You ready? All right. Real quick. Sure. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. Is that the blue Raja? No. No, that's that's, uh, that's the Sphinx. The Sphinx. <clears throat> He's terribly, what is it, uh, terribly mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Blue Rajah. Yeah. 
I'm an effete British superhero. Mum. Mum. <laughs> well, we've been saving these. Um, so <laughs> stabby man. <laughs> I'm the blue Roger. So uh, how's how's the 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 Spaniards ghost going? I mean, you're you're you guys are like. We're getting close. Yeah, yeah. We're getting close, <laughs> uh, or so we think. Uh, all the signs point to yes. So uh, we'll we'll see next session if we actually get to where we think we're going. Ooh. No, I watched part of it the other day. I mean, it went on long, and I had to go to bed. But it it, uh, it there's a lot of cool things happening. Yeah, it's a really you guys are really solidifying your characters. The the system is is working itself out with all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, have you ever played Savage Worlds? No, it's my this? first Savage Worlds game. So I love this system. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's but great. It does get kind of crunchy sometimes. All right, here's a, you're gathering up right. dice and you're rolling and there's a whole yeah. you know uh, especially with Jib there's a, there's a lot of making sure that everything goes right. Um, well, one thing that I love that he's doing, and I don't know if this is Savage Worlds in general or Spanish go or a uh, um, Spanish yeah a or Spanish main specific. But in dramatic tasks, when we each take a turn, he always asks a question about our characters, which yeah. is really cool because I love building character backgrounds yeah. and backstory. That is that dramatic tasks or interludes? Dramatic tasks. Oh, really? Like that, as we're going that's around, a, that's the interlude mechanic in the base rules. I don't, oh. I don't, I don't know about Spanish. Because he'll he'll uh, you know dramatic tasks make a roll. Like okay, great. So that was your role. Um, so tell me about your character's greatest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's like oh. Okay, so like getting to pull stuff from my backstory that I've written right. out mm-hmm. that may not get to come out in the normal game right. Right. is Otherwise. really fun and yeah. cool and, mm-hmm. and interesting. So that's that's like, always been that's fun. he's kind. Of, it sounds like he's kind of unless it's part of Spanish Main, it might be. I don't, I, know. I don't remember. It sounds like he's almost kind of blending that yeah. with with the interludes because the interlude thing was like in between scenes. There's actually a game mechanic where you yeah. you so someone pulls a card and then. Like you're sitting around the campfire, or you're sitting in jump space waiting to get to the next star system, or whatever. And one of the player characters tells a story about their past. To the yeah, other that's very much it. So I bet, he, I bet that is what he's doing. It's but fan- it's great. It's fantastic. Absolutely awesome. Awesome. I'm loving it. Cool. Um. um and uh, we are playing demigods on Sundays. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is so cool and so much fun. You guys are going to be in trouble at work <laughs> because I'm out like laughing out loud. Oh my god. Like <laughs> crying, <laughs> laughing. Oh my god, we're so dirty in that It's game. amazing. Oh my god, we were like so obsessed with junk in the last episode. Yeah, you I were. just was like up to yeah, today. <laughs> it was it I was, was crying. <laughs> I was laughing so it hard. It was the phallic episode. Yeah, it started with divine crabs and just went downhill from that and it was pretty amazing. Oh, it was awesome. so good. Yeah, so uh, and that, it's really fun to that like that's the first campaign of that system. So it's been really neat to kind of see cuz we like Jason's done a bunch of one shots mm-hmm. to see, okay, how are these w- mechanics that worked well for one shots now? How are they translating to a campaign? Because that can be very different. Oh yeah. So it's really neat to be like, okay, well, a couple of us got a way too many like um, uh, threads or wait, no, not threads. Yeah, threads. Know. Yeah, okay. Like like in in Powered by the Apocalypse, you there's like each different system, each hat calls it a different thing. Sometimes it's basically XP boxes. And when you get five of them, that's when you get to choose another stat or something like that. You get to go up. Um, So so it's kind of interesting, like, seeing that where it finally matters. Like, because usually in a one-shot, you don't really give a shit about that. You're like, yeah, we'll be done. And then, but this time, like, really seeing if it's all balanced between the characters and stuff like that. And he's, like, actively rewriting it sometimes between sessions a little bit. So we like, oh, we have a new thing. Okay, good. So that's been really neat to kind of see that process because mm-hmm. I've seen you go through that pro- process with Moment of Truth. Right. 
So seeing that, like, someone else kind of going through that process with a completely different type of system has been really interesting and really... And, and to be fair, I've never seen a Powered by the Apocalypse, I, I don't think I've seen one, run as a campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've... Because I've, I've played a couple of one-shots. Mm-hmm. I've, wa- I, I've, I've watched some one-shots, but I've never seen the long arc of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it all, it, it, Powered by the Apocalypse always seems like it works really well when you start. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. How do you? How Our do, Interpol what's the, what's X the, game worked yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, that's right. That was yeah. You're yeah, right. That, that was powered by the yeah. Uh, okay. uh, I stand corrected. It's okay. You maybe you didn't watch it. That's okay. No, um, I did. Yeah, yeah. I so forgot. that one was Monster of the Week, which was kind of like in the X Files Buffy type. Like it's really mm-hmm. based on Supernatural, but we mm-hmm. kind of went a little more X Files with it. Um, it's interesting. It works really well, and the, the couple campaigns I've done with it, um, those are the only two I've done on stream. Uh, I really I find the well and masks duh and uh, I actually Jib- never watched it oh yeah J- Jib's mask scene was amazing and that was so so great um, I really love how it's just such a simple way to to level up your character um, and you get to pick you know there's so much freedom in what you get to pick and one of the coolest things you can do is you get when you get to a certain point you can choose powers and abilities and stuff from other books. Mm-hmm. So if you're creating a superhero in masks or if you're, you know, and for demigods or whatever, if you're like, hey, you know, I'm a trickster, if there's a power that seems like it would really match my tricks, you know, my trickster god, oh, I think I'm going to pull that. And totally then, need invisibility. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, you know, the arcane, you know, the arcane is the one who has, can cast, you know, magic. But it seems like after I practice for a while, I should totally be good at that too, right? Mm-hmm. So yoink, I'm going to take that, you know, whatever that is. So it's a, it's a really neat system for leveling up. I really enjoy it. I, I'm excited to see how you stress test that yeah. because that's the one thing he hasn't done yet, and it's it, it is a robust game. He's got he's got yeah. all the concepts are all there; they're all ready to go, and mm-hmm. it's a matter of just sort of fine tuning so that you guys don't find way too many you know, loopholes right. that you can jump through. Yeah, like you're saying, we're it's stress testing it. Is he sewing up the loopholes? Yeah, exactly. But it's a, it's a good system, and he's done a lot of work on it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat concept. It mm-hmm. is it's such a cool concept. I um, I got the um, uh, the guy who laid out the. Um, Bill Star Wars the Traveler, Traveler thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He laid out Moment of Truth. <gasps> oh, nice. I just got it back today. It's beautiful. Nice. Absolutely beautiful. I, I don't remember. He's so, he's so good. Yeah. That is so He throws stuff in and... Oh, yeah. yeah it's awesome. Oh, he, he redid the character sheet. Remarkable. Oh, God, the character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, like, what's next for it, then? For the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the setting that I'm going to push to finish before the end of the year is going to be Vast Dominions. Okay. Because that's the one I think I have the most finished on. Okay. Um, I think. Uh, I think there's more interest in Bloodblade and Tusk, though. I'm not sure. It seems that way, just from like my conversations with different people. Right. Um, I don't know if it's because people have already seen Vestimin Dominions in action for longer, because we did like a campaign. It was a event. longer game, yeah. Yeah, so maybe people are like, hey, I've kind of seen that. You know, it may be like, I want to see something different. Right. But so I don't know what. You know what would be more uh, just for people who are actually interested in buying. If we're going to talk about that, I think Best Dominions is great right at the outset because it makes a great one shot, especially with the characters all being basically rivals and everything right. all set up. So it's a great thing to include with your package. But uh, Blood League and Tusk makes a great setting for a long play campaign, right. which is something you put out later. And I'm yeah, and then the, the, there, there's like a, I, I bought two or three books about medieval society and the fall of the Holy Roman Empire. Shocked that you're doing research and all all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so because I, I kind of want to when I do it, I kind of want to do it right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, it also might vast I mean, dominions. And that's just all coming out my ass. Cause right, because well, it's makeup anyway. Yeah. Um, and and you know, excuse me, you know enough about that period of time. To like have enough historical fact with flying giant ships exactly in space yeah. that where space is it's you know. 
it's not that it's not that different than what it was. Basically, just you're just putting off World War One, right. and the world is just as crazy and gung ho about war prior to World War One as it's always been. Yeah. So except in space. Except it's in space. Yeah. It's back to the age of sail. Yeah. Basically, it's yeah, the age of sail with better guns. Yeah. I mean, and it might be better. I mean, there are a ton of kind of like fantasy settings out there. It might be good to come out with something that's not in that vein and then add that as like a, some, an option later. I don't mm-hmm. know. It'd be yeah. very cool at Bloodblade. Just as far as marketing. Is like the, the, the precursor to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To I mean, it's like 4,000 years later. I don't know. <laughs> well, why, why does... Let's play, play and well, find actually, out. Why actually, do we have there's a... There's a um, someone is actually working on a setting that is a continuation of Bloodblade and Dust. Yeah. Very cool. That's cool. So, um, Zanzamote yeah. says you need to make a samurai setting. I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. I was thinking about making a samurai This is all stuff later. Yeah. We have <laughs> we have emails to read. Do we? Oh, uh, finding fun. A good no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. So, uh, and the other, the other thing, I, I started working up because uh, I'm, I'm sort of brainstorming campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I started working up was a GURPS Starship Troopers game. Because I've reread Starship Troopers since the beginning of the year four times. Mm-hmm. I now know that book cold. Mm-hmm. I can go watch the movie and say, okay, this character actually never ever dies. This character does this. Because I know all of the characters now. I know the entire arc of the entire thing. All the planets, how the ships work. Everything that that's actually in the book, which is not very much when you're talking about trying to, to create a setting. But um, I mean, I, and I, I sat down and I tried to figure out, okay, if the parties, if you have a party of cap troopers, because you're not going to have a mixed party, because why would you have a guy in a guy in powered armor with tactical nuclear mm-hmm. weapons and what, a, the ship's cook? What the fuck is the ship's cook right. going to do? So, so it, basically they'd be a, a, a squad of cap troopers. What kind of missions can I give them that gives them the latitude to actually go out and be adventurers while still being part of a military organization that's very structured? And I, I've, I've, I came up with five. Nice. So I, I could run a five-session campaign. And I'm like, that all stays with consi- in, consistent within the actual non-Verhoeven mm-hmm. Starship Troopers. Now, you did a and didn't didn't I feel like you did a poll and and people voted for you to run GURPS too. Yes, yeah. If I do it, I would do that. Definitely do that in GURPS. Yeah. I'm sorry, <clears throat> you're saying it wrong. GURPS. Yeah. 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 There you go. So yeah, but I uh, and apparently there's there's a there's a, a team of writers that are working on a a, a remake or an actual film ad- ad- adaptation of Starship Troopers. It needs to be a Netflix series, but. Regardless. No, it doesn't. It could totally it, be a, it's film. a long. It's not. It's not. It's only like about a hundred and eighty page book. It's, and it doesn't. Okay. It, it goes. It, it does. It, I mean, when I listen to it in the car, it's like, I think it's like a seven hour audiobook. Okay. It's a short audiobook. Yeah. So, and it was done a long time ago, and you can hear all the edits. Yeah. It's like, and then. And then Rico did this, and then and then he went down Montana, <laughs> and then and then and, and, and like the edits is like they went and found. It's like oh, we don't have the studio. Let's use this bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It sounds like it's sound, in a tin can. The sound, oh, no. the, 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 the 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 contrast from the original recording to the edits mm-hmm. is amazing. All right, I have a couple of takeaways from this. First of all, you should redo the audio book here in your studio and make I would sure love that it's to. really really good. You have enough voice actors around that you can make this thing to. work. Yeah. It's not Second is, domain. you should maybe make a moment of truth thing with powered armor. 
You don't oh, have yeah, a sci-fi setting yet. Well, I, I was that they had scratched the thing. I'm called Cat yeah. Troopers or something. Yeah, give it a different name. Yeah. So I'm just saying. These are my takeaways from your conversation there. All right. Um, oh, so uh, finding fun from Ed in Florida, Nay, Minnesota. Who would like to read this? I read the first one. I know we were here. I heard you do it. I'll do it. All right. Well, see, you're mentioned in it, so you might want to. Dear outrageously unhinged channelers of horrendously effluent bits of aggressive gaming stories. Dare story. Uh. Be happy. First letter of each word. Get it? Oh, get yeah. It? I, right? Yeah. It's, see, I did the homework. Dear. I don't get it. Outrageously. Oh, it's, it's his douchebag. Happy Easter. Thank you, Kimmy. The happy Easter, the holiday that should be remembered by looking or by locking someone in a dark room for three days without food or water, but instead somehow wound up with a bunny. I blame pagan snowflakes. Isn't isn't that the one where where the where Jesus comes out of the tomb and looks out and sees his shadow and he goes back in again because he's a, he doesn't want to and then yes, and then, goes and then like another yeah and then you have yeah. you have um, what six more weeks of damnation yes yes, yes. Yeah. that's what I thought. But putting that aside, I wanted to send a quick email. It is not too late. I'm only 72 words in. Wait, 76, 77. Ah! Uh, To let you all know that after moving 1,600 miles across the country, I have created a new gaming group. Three of my kids, three others from the local community. At the local magic slash video game shop that was uh, thinking about bringing gaming in. I simply hit up three of the closest gaming types of shops, found one that was open to hosting me, as long as I buy something on occasion, and have started running a weekly Saturday game from noon to four. Excellent. Well done. I have had mixed results. With the first games, only having my kids, built-in gamers, really helped kickstart the group. But by simply sitting down for four hours in public to game, we have introduced about half a dozen gamers to D&D and picked up three more that join us basically every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The key has been to show up every week and play and have a general idea, about, uh, have a general area prepared for the players to explore. I had three major plot lines running, one involving doppelgangers, one involving a wizard researching ruins, and one involving an ongoing fight between a minor demon and a devil. I let the players start by hearing about the runes, uh, ruins. Uh, they've uh, quickly worked their way into the other stories by simply trying to interact more with the wizard, whom was trying to stay out of their way uh, with, with the other two plot lines. I have striven, that's a word, right? Yeah. To keep the game focused you on the players. You could say, I strive to keep, yeah. but that's fine. I've striven to keep the game focused on the players and making everything they do you important. Pass participle the shit out of everything. Yeah, I do, don't I? <laughs> or I will, or I could. Maybe I did. That's all right. Is that past? What? I have. I haven't? I have. I did. Maybe I did. I oh told myself this thing. I've striven to keep the we game focused on the players <laughs> and making everything they do important in the world. Uh, what they chose to do has had an immediate re- a positive effect. And what they don't has a, had a minor effect. Mm-hmm. It has, I think, helped to make the players feel very important in the world. And that has made the game fun for them, which has made it fun for me. And that's that feedback loop that you start. That's what you hope for, mm-hmm. I think, when you're gaming. It's just to get your players engaged. When they're jazzed, you're jazzed, and then it, it, it just... And, and just, it, it also speaks just to, just to the very basic <coughs> rule of jamming that the player's decisions have to have consequences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the very popular definitions of railroading is when the, whatever decision you make has no consequences on the world. It sucks. Right? Good or bad. But yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. When, when, when you're... When you're when your your character, when the players' decisions have consequences, that makes 
them showing up meaningful. It's Thinking important. back over the last few sessions, I wonder if the biggest lesson I have learned from Happy Jacks has been that the point of gaming, like the point in life, is to find your fun where you can. Mm -hmm. The players want to be important. So by having three factors, I have a real world with interconnecting stuff going on. This is what I have fun creating and revealing to the players through their interactions and deductions. And their questions keep the world moving and help me flesh it out as they change it. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I really like the fact that he says flesh it out as they change it. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he sets it up and then right. they change it. And he's cool with that. One of the players in my last game started to try to bring some real-world play tectonic knowledge into play to understand how a mountain <laughs> could be yeah. by itself <laughs> in the plains and if it could be volcanically active. Well, this is okay, though. This is okay. This turned out to be the highlight of the campaign so far, as it occurred to me that magical theory might change understandings. So I quickly stated that he had read about a theory. He rolled a nat 20 on his magical theory skill that inside the planet left over from the creation of the world, a war raged between earth and fire elementals responsible for the creation of the planet. Mm. Sometimes the war ra raged close to the surface and the effects of the fighting were seen as fronts spewing lava across the world. The player just stared at me. Then a big grin spread across his face. He took the line up, embellished it. He took the line up and embellished it some for the party as a win-win, and everyone had a good time with it. I'm developing it further, as I really like the idea personally, but that one question made the past six weeks of work on the game totally worth it. So, what do you jackers think? Is the point of gaming as simple as finding what makes it fun for you, what makes it fun for others, and working together to tell a story that tries to promote both things? Take a drink and tell me your thoughts. Ed from Minnesota, now in Florida. P.S., if it makes Stork happy, I will try <laughs> to be more sneaky about my next hidden message. They don't call me Captain Oblivious for no reason. PPS, wait. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, is there a hidden message in there? No. no wait, they no. don't call me Captain no. Oblivious no. for no reason. Uh, wait, wait, no, wait. wait. I'm looking for a hidden message. No. Um, cool. This is, a, this is a great story. This is what I yeah. like to hear. This, yeah. is why, this is why you started this podcast, mm -hmm. which is, you know... This is the exact thing. People, you move 1,600 miles, so you, there's no game, I'm going to start one, and mm -hmm. look what's happened. Yeah. How cool is that? Well, I, one, of, one of the things, like we're talking about finding your fun, one of, the, one of the things I enjoy doing is coming up with sort of like like jumping off premises for stuff. Like when mm -hmm. I came up with the, I said, okay, what, what, what would the plot, what would good plot hooks be that to stay totally consistent in, in the Starship Troopers universe? So I, I came up with the, with the five I did. And then I also worked a little bit on some other stuff because I figured, well, I'm going to want this to happen after the 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 battle on planet P where they where they capture the 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 royal cast bugs and and um, so you know what's happened since then well let's see the, the, we only know of three races right there's humans skinnies mm -hmm. and the bugs that's it and the 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 skinnies have sort of been playing both sides against the middle and uh, so I, I started trying to figure out, well, you know, what, what's happened with these three species while all of this is going on? What's going on with the, the, the Earth Federation? You know, because that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's been a stable government, but now it's at a point where it's, it, it's at an um, existential crisis, right? Because now it's not any, any fighting they've had in the past has been with rival humans mm -hmm. and it's 
and they're they're you know the, the militaristic society that that Heinlein writes about, they're going to stomp the shit out of anyone who's not willing to be as militaristic as they are well, because. That but, kind of trumps that. But, but their military also follows certain rules, and they're suddenly confronted with an enemy that doesn't follow rules. That does, uh, and their tactics are completely well. Yeah, the fact outmatched. the fact that like that cap troopers will never leave someone behind if there's a chance they're alive. Mm-hmm. Bugs will they'll they'll send the a that, thousand warrior ex- cast to their the death and not even think about exactly. it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, hive mind. Yeah, and I'm sure they they've never heard of the Geneva Convention either. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. right. Well, and one of the things I started working on is I started saying, okay, well, what? Because we know in um, in the uh, in the novel uh, they find a they find a member of the royal cast. Like they, I think they they might call it a brain bug, but I might be conflating that with the film. Um, but they know that there's queens, mm-hmm. and that there might be other royal casts as well. So I started coming up with. Well, what could what could the other cast be? What could the 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 social structure of bug society really look like? Mm-hmm. Because we get a little bit of a glimpse of it, but not a lot. So that's some of the stuff that I've been working on for the for to do a short campaign. As far as the skinnies go, nothing about them, and mm-hmm. I don't really want to make stuff up out of complete whole cloth. I want to try to sort of just rather fill in holes. The chat room is interesting uh, that you watch Roughneck Chronicles. It's an animated series uh, uh, for Starship Troopers. It adds more to the setting. Is it is it Paul Verhoeven-esque or are they in mechanical suits? I don't know. It's supposed He's to be... judgy. Un- <laughs> it's judgy face. <laughs> it's a series for Starship Troopers. So I, would I'll, I'll, I, will, I will check it out because most of the stuff that's come out for it mm-hmm. has been... Uh, is it descended from from the Verhoeven monstrosity? Ah, um, which uh, uh, let me say this about the Verhoeven not movie. Verhoeven, good stuff. Okay, let me say this about the Verhoeven movie. It's the same thing I had about Dune, which is as awful as they are. My brother, who was not a sci-fi geek or whatever, saw the Dune movie, and there was enough kernels in there that he went and picked up the novels and read them all. Okay. And, and Starship Troopers, there's enough in there that people went back to the source material and read them. I, it, I wish Paul Verhoeven had read it. <laughs> no, fair, fair he enough. didn't. He fair bragged enough. about the fact that he, that never, he never read, read it. Him, he know. had his people read it. Yes, I know. I get it, but <laughs> welcome to Hollywood. I, and it's the same. It's the same kind of take I have on Hellblazer, which, if you'd never read the comics, was still an interesting movie. It's interesting. There's moments, but it's not the comic. Starship Troopers is not Starship Troopers. Hell, The Hobbit. Oof. Well, The oh, Hobbit is oh, holy the shit. Hobbit. Yeah, they, ho- they turned The Hobbit the into Hobbit this. The Hobbit isn't interesting on its own. Right. But it's a boring it's still, it's ass fine. epic. It is a fine book. It'd be a great single movie. My, I needed my, one two movies. My mother. Okay, who, I'll take two. I'll take two. My mother, who was a librarian in high schools uh, when Lord of the Rings was first dropped out, she said she couldn't keep them on the shelves. Well, I bet. So and, and, yes, Lord of the Rings is a much superior. And people movie. are reading like, like, oh my god, this guy's long winded. So much. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> The Hobbit, the Hobbit, it's as a the book Hobbit is, is awesome. A great, yes. The Hobbit's Super a great book. Great book. Yes. But the, the rest of them, the Hobbit movie mm. is such a giant movies. clusterfuck. No, mm. <laughs> there's like, oh my god, the whole, the third <laughs> film is one big fucking fight. Do you know why? Because the, the book was done. No, they, well, yes, but they <laughs> they had two movies written, planned originally, but so many studios owned a part of the Hobbits. And they all got to help cash in on the first. They only, get, according to their contracts, they had to split the profits off the first movie. 
Okay. So that's that money they made off the first movie went to like five or six different studios that, 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 owned that all IP. owned right. a piece of the IP. And so I, that's mm-hmm. why suddenly they're like, oh, you know, let's make two more movies because then the main studio got to keep all the profits off of the second two uh, movies. And they, also oh, had, okay. and they also had to say on what was happening, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we own parts of this, so you need to do this and that. And I just I just read something. Paul Verhoeven considers Starship Troopers to be his favorite film. Really? Over RoboCop? RoboCop's a great film. Two of them for you right there, there Paul. <laughs> He's Tell Dutch, us how you really feel, Stu. Huh? Tell us how you really feel. Oh. He's Dutch, though, and they have like a whole different look on life. They're they're very cool and, you know, too. they were hipsters before the word was even invented. <laughs> Hipsters <laughs> who are illiterate and don't read books. Ooh, well, they're Dutch. <laughs> yeah. They're continental. They That's just right. Don't. Uh, if only Heinlein had, had had it translated into Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> All right. Can you, can you turn my mic down while I get up? Thank you. Oh, you don't have a switch. That's right. On this one. It's off. All right. I'm enough about that. Anyway, um, but yeah, that, that back, getting back to what he was saying, that's the the fun thing for me is to look at at a setting or to create a setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like one of the things I'm doing right now is the prep with uh, L5R mm-hmm. is I'm starting to work on okay what's going to happen next where's the story going to go at this point mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking maybe to the Mantis Islands mm-hmm. so I'm and there's very little about Mantis Islands I mean the, in in the fourth edition stuff there might be in the earlier stuff so I'm, I'm making up a lot of that stuff out of whole cloth but I'm going to come up with you know location names and places and and I, I found all kinds of cool things to. Mm-hmm. Sort of throw into their mythos, which I think would be it's very awesome. Fun. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about GMing is when I like like prep something, and then the Dogs. players just take it and just like run with it mm-hmm. and make it something completely different than what I thought they might do. But it's just it's so special, and that like I think he says it perfectly at the end of his email where he's like. Um, is the point of gaming si- as simple as finding what makes it fun for you, what makes it fun for others, and working together to tell a story that tries to promote both things? Like, mm-hmm. yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that is an amazing way of describing what ideal gaming should be. But also kind of piggybacking off that and also kind of flipping it a little bit, one of my favorite things about um, Interpol X mm-hmm. was how Adam took the idea of, because you had you being demonic and, mm-hmm. and Jason being Faye, and making those two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And that was a, a brief little thing. He's like, I'm going to explore this. Ended up being a major plot point for yeah. the game. And I loved that. He took that little idea you guys gave him mm. and worked it into the main story. It yeah. was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Oh, a lot of times, what, I mean, that when you're GMing, that's one of the things that I, I think a, a uh, astute GM will pick up is, you know, follow the stuff that your players are interested in. When they start talking about s- certain things or they start showing interest in this thing over here, rather than what you intended as the major plot point, well, make this thing over here more interesting. Mm-hmm. But I also love that go it was, that direction. It became part of the world building. Right. Yeah. It oh, wasn't yeah. just right. you know uh, just for the PCs. It was the world works this way because we decided it works this way right. as a group, and that was really cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it started off with just like whenever one of us cast magic, the other one was kind of like, "Ooh, that's gross," because like I didn't like his like I'm a demon. I don't like his live gross fey magic. Ew, moss. <laughs> And like he would like his magic de- smells like farts. It does. I guess <laughs> the fleshy smell, icky. Yours just smells like burning brimstone. Yeah, sulfur is fabulous. Which also smells like farts. Yes, <laughs> not necessarily. Not the same. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, and a yeah, l- a and little less thing. sulfur in it. So just from us like giving each other weird faces <laughs> when the other one would cast magic and thinking it was like gross, like came this like crazy thing that Adam just kind of like picked up on and ran with, which. 
That is so much fun when that happens. Mm -hmm. From players or GMs. Why does your magic smell like compost? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Demon magic is far superior. Horror story and advice from M in the Twin Cities. (laughs) Uh, I can do this one. All right. Hi, y'all. I have no idea if it's supposed to be read that way, but whatever. Well, that's that's from the Twin Cities, which is what? um, That's um, Midwest. Minneapolis Minneapolis and St. Paul. St. Paul, right. I do not have those accents. So, hi, y'all. Uh, That's what I got. Who can turn the world on with a smile. Uh, Isn't that from the Twin Cities? No. Is anybody telling more from there? No. Minnesota? Oh, let me turn your mic back on. Yeah, I know. Love the podcast and the actual plays. You can look that up while I read. It's such a fun way uh, to sample different systems without a huge commitment. So, thanks. I have a horror story slash question to run by y'all, so please help a bitch out. Yeah. You know what? We're all about not commitment. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul. Nice. <laughs> Who can See. take a nothing day, suddenly make it all Sorry. seem some worthwhile. Of, some of us had to watch it on Nick at Night. And they Fuck didn't me. actually <laughs> sing the song. But you didn't watch all of it. No. They <laughs> didn't actually sing the song in a Minnesota accent. <laughs> Who can t- I, I wouldn't yeah, even know how you, yeah. who can turn the world on with a <laughs> smile. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Sorry, I'm sorry. Start from That's top. That's amazing. Okay, hi, y'all. Love the podcast and the actual plays. It's such a fun way to sample different systems without a huge commitment, so thanks. I have a horror story slash question to run by y'all, so please help a bitch out. All right. I started gaming with our, or GMing for our group just about a year ago. This is my first time GMing or playing any RPG, really. Work. Nice. And most of our group were new as well. I wasn't really interested in any of the published campaigns out at the time, and I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, so I decided I'd just make up my own campaign with friends. So I can honestly tell you I wasn't that great of a GM. I made a lot of mistakes that y'all talk about all the time on the show. If only I found y'all a few months earlier. That being said, the campaign isn't terrible, and the players are all having fun. I'm a strong believer in yes and. and Let's hear a harumph out of that. Harumph, harumph. I have really tried to let the players dictate where the story goes. There is a plot going on, but I have tried to craft it so that it can take, it can take a back seat and be more flavor if the players want to go off and do something completely different. The one exception to this was that a two-session murder mystery that was designed to introduce a, main, a minor villain uh, to, the, to play with later on in the campaign. This mini-arc was sent in a villa cut off by flooding to facilitate the murder. The group was originally there to gather info on the villain, but they were hindered by that when that same villain uh, to solve, uh, try, oh, but they were hi- then hired by that same villain to solve the murder and save his, the villain's, boyfriend who falsely confessed, confessed to the crime. It went fairly well. I was really pleased that the team solved the mystery without me having to drop, drop any additional hints. They even gave the murderer a much more nuanced motive than what I had thought of, so the event was pretty kick ass. They then decided to murder the minor villain kind of out of the blue. <laughs> Murder hobo for the win! <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> First of all, I gotta say, this is a genius idea, and you pull yeah. it off brilliantly. Oh and then but now look what happened. Yep. A party's gonna do what a party's gonna do, they are. which is gonna be. They're not hobo. wrong. No. This no. is the best way to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, maybe not the circumstances. Maybe, but. yeah. 
Oh my god. Okay, so they then decided to murder the minor villain kind of out of the blue right after he proposed to his boyfriend and are now off questing for a MacGuffin while being hunted by a messenger of the god the villain worships. Oh my god. So, you know, stuff is happening. (laughs) And and the villain's boyfriend might now be a little pissed off too. Right. Maybe. There you go. Unless he was trying to marry him for his money, in which case maybe, yeah, who knows? No, it doesn't matter. Did they get to the I do? That's what Still matters. If not, you know, we don't. Blood. Know the, I don't know the rules of this world. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You've got a great rival going on here. Go yes, ahead. <laughs> skip we'll to the I do. Oh, yeah. Love, true love, love. <laughs> and white team, man and white. Yeah. Here's the shitty part. One of my players seems to always have a problem about something. One of my players seems to always have a problem about something or other. Uh, at first, it was that she didn't have enough chances to do awesome WWE-type stunts and fights. Then she was upset because of how much damage her character took per hit. We kind of messed up the character gen, so her level 1 monk ended up with a 19 AC. Anytime she was actually hit, tended to be with a nat 20. Oh, anytime mm-hmm. she was uh, actually, actually hit, hit, tended right. to be a nat 20. And with that double damage, she uh, from that she tended to be knocked uh, out in a one hit. But that means she's only being still only being hit five percent right. of the time. And also, yeah. if that, uh, yeah. in, if you're rolling that, are you adding the attack bonus for the, the oh, enemy? Because yeah. that would also yeah. mean that she'd get hit on stuff higher than less than twenty. Yeah, um, that's true. All right. Uh, she should talk the murder mystery game at the table in front of the whole party. She accused mm. me of railroading. When I paused the player's attack to ask them if they wanted to do their action in or out of combat for mechanical reasons. It's gotten to the point where I'm so nervous about how she will act each session that I lose sight of the fact the game is supposed to be fun for, for everyone, including me. Jesus. She recently mm. decided she should GM. Oh, good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Could not end badly. I'm going to show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Sometimes this is the best learning experience. We'll see. Oh, no, no. This does not strike me as a learner. <laughs> if you no. think the story ends with a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I did say horror story at the beginning. So, mm. um, uh, And we should all play Curse of Strand. Strahd. Now, Strahd. Okay, Curse of Strahd. Now our session for the original campaign are are now our sessions for the original campaign are only once a month if I'm lucky and it's moving so slow. On top of that, she gets really frustrated with us as players when we don't do all the right in quotes. <laughs> and she also complained about, about railroading. railroading. <laughs> <laughs> right things <sighs> and find all the cool stuff planned or ask the right questions. I also th- I also think she's planning on killing my character a little. Which is <laughs> a little. A little. She's going to kill her just a little bit. This is the best part. Which isn't so bad, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking forward to your character dying, there's a bigger problem. I've been there. Do you mind if I kill your character a little little bit? Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I'm working on a few RP things to have his death be satisfying, but whatever new character I get will then be a few levels behind everyone else's. Mm. And I'm worried that I'll just be stuck in a perpetual red shirt kind of situation because she's irritated with me. Name mm. all your characters, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think that needs to be a t-shirt. I'm stuck in a, red, a perpetual red shirt kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you all have any advice on how, as a GM, I can keep myself focused on this one player, or keep from focusing on this one player and keep the enjoyment of the group as a whole as my primary focus? Or any ideas uh, for fun, disposable characters for a silly, <laughs> ho- silly horror game? Thanks for your time and drink. Woo! Yep. M from the Twin Cities. P.S. Anyone interested in a PBTA ga- game in the greater tw- Twin Cities area? 
I got a post on the forums. Come and find me. Yes, for, we have a we have a looking for player, yeah. looking for group thing on the. On I, our I would like to and say that first off, uh, forum. But before we launch into any really depth, in depth analysis, I I laud you for your patience and your perspective yeah, on girl. this. Girl, you you have a great perspective on this. This person is being vindictive and petty and childish, and you still have a great attitude towards yeah. it. I, I would have chucked a D12 with their head about two months ago. Head. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have that kind of patience for a person like this. So I really, really laud your your um, uh, adultness. There's a problem that I see. She's like her main question is how to not be focused on this person when she's running her game, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a very negative person. And I don't know about you guys because we, we have first been going on for a while. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when when I'm out. Sit standing on the box, and I can see pretty much most of the audience. And I look about if there's one person in the audience who got dragged there by someone. Oh, you got to see these guys, they're awesome, you're gonna love this show. And they totally fucking hate it. It's yeah. it, they're, they're having the shittiest time of their lives. They have, like, That's the face. one person I'm gonna notice in yeah. the whole crowd yeah. of two or three hundred people. And then it's gonna be like, fuck. And then I get, and I think you fixate on it. I don't know. Have you guys ever? Oh you guys, yeah, you, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's really hard to avoid. You avoid that by trying to focus on other people. Yeah, but it's really hard to yeah. take your mind. I keep keep looking back. No, 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 no. Still, yeah, still, like that's no. Still sourpuss. No, no, no. No, they're having fun. Hey, hi, hi. Yeah. No, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're pushing the bruise at that point. Yeah. Exactly. yeah right. That still yes. hurts. Still hurts. Still hurts. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, really, all you can do in a situation, and it's going to be even harder if you're sitting around a table and there's five of you, and one of them is like, that's gonna that's gonna weigh heavily on you, mm-hmm. and they're gonna actively go and f with you later in their game. Yeah, that's and I th- this is this is one of those situations where, like, can you get out of playing with this person? That yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of my first thought too when I was reading the email was because if you're having this much of a cruddy time with this person, mm-hmm. there's a good chance your other players probably are too. Right. Because if they're if this person's taking so much of your attention, it means nobody else is getting any attention, which yeah. means that their fun is being affected. Oh yeah. So you may want to not talk about them behind their back, but you gotta talk about them behind their back. Like get there a little early, like just kinda take a poll. Like, how are we feeling about this person? Because here's how I'm feeling. Like I just, are you guys like are you guys having the same issues I'm having? And then maybe as a group, you just kind of be like what do we well, you don't, you that don't. is that is a risky proposition because um, I don't want to say she because I don't know if they actually talked about their I did I think that is, they're both she's okay I yes. don't know I, uh, I know we know for sure the other one but uh, they um, I'm pretty had, sure she, I think it said help a bitch out but that could yeah, be that a could lot be no, no 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 <laughs> the, oh, the okay. person wrote the email, oh, wrote the email. Oh, okay yes. well um, uh, like like that's super difficult uh, but. Like teaming up the rest of your friends because that's the thing is like this is not a, the situation I, th- I don't think where it's like random gaming people together where you can have kind of like a oh okay yeah we don't know them so well it sounds like a group of close knit friends and when you do shit like that that doesn't stay quiet yeah. I wouldn't team up yeah I wouldn't team up what I would say but but I I, I think there is wisdom in saying is this a personal problem between me and this other person. Or is this this person's being an a hole, and I need to, I need to I need to check with someone. There's got, if if it's a close knit group of people, there's got to be someone, one person in that group that you know is yeah can at least be what's the word I'm thinking of discreet yeah discreet and to say 
I mean, is, have you noticed that so and so seems to be having a shitty time? And, yeah. I, and I'm not really sure. What do you? What? Do you, and just put it on yourself. Bounce it off of them. Yeah. And just just to see and reinforce. Okay, is this me or is it them? Yeah. Okay, this person. Let's say this person says, "No, no, yeah, 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 yeah that that so and so is being an a hole." Okay. I would not bring it up to the, in the group. group. I would br- I would bring it up. I would bring it up separately. My guess is. In dealing with people like these and trying to have conversations with people like these, mm-hmm. it's not going to go well. Oh, no. But you might as well try because yeah. there's always the chance that the person's going to say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was being that much of an a-hole. That has, that has happened. That has happened to me. Yeah. Where I've gone up to someone and said, look, this is what's happening and da-da-da-da-da-da. And they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. I should probably apologize to some people. Mm-hmm. That's like one out of ten times. Right. Yeah. But it does happen. And sometimes that will fix it, usually not permanently, right. but for a while. And then it's like, okay, let no, go back to being a good person again. Okay. And then, but I, I think it's worth at least having that conversation with them yeah. and saying, you're ruining my fun. I, don't phrase it that way. Don't I'm paraphrasing. It that I'm, way. I'm, oh, don't do that. I'm paraphrasing. I'm cutting to the. I'm yeah. cutting to the, the, the chase here. But but to sit down with him and say, hey, look, you don't seem to be having fun in my game. And I've talked to some other people, and they are having fun. Is it me? Mm-hmm. Why is it that? Yeah, what is it I'm doing? What yeah. is it I'm, that I'm doing that is making you not have fun? Yeah. And. And then talk, and maybe you'll get some some information, and maybe it, and it might might all, all of a sudden go. No, you know I've had problems with blah 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 and this and that and da da da. And I'm under a lot of pressure. Blah 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 blah. You know, and who knows? You might, yeah. you might just blah. There's here's my whole life right in front of you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I can understand. I would be an asshole too if I was yeah. going through what you've been going through. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think Emma's first- very understanding, so she she might actually. Take that big view, that long view. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think the first thing you need to do is go through and fix mechanically their character. Yes. Like, that is a an honest, like, gripe. Like, hey, my character is built wrong. Yeah. You it's not working the way I thought it was going to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, and that's, that's easily workable. And again, um, if anything, they're going to get hit more if you add the attack bonus, but at least it won't be crits all the time. Right. Um, for the WWE stuff, let them do that kind of stuff, but give them higher difficulty ratings. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's simple things you can go and just kind of you know step by step and and figure that stuff out if that's what's really bothering them. But I think there's more underlying than just that. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, and that's what I, I was going to say. Which is people like this, and I've had experiences with this. They bring a lot to the table, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of baggage from home life, relationships, work, whatever. And they bring it to the table, and they act out at the table. And it's more yeah. you can't. All you can do is, is put a bandaid on and address their behavior at the table, but you're not going to fix their life unless you really want to go into a full-on right. therapy session. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's, that's the crux of the biscuit there, is their fucked up life. And well, it's, not- they're acting out at the table, and it's it's coming to a head. I feel like I, we were also like projecting a little bit. We don't actually know anything about this. No, right. not, not we have to remember, too, that these are new players. So a lot of them are coming to the table thinking they're going to be... This does not sound like a new player. That's this what they said. Yeah, the they're, of the email. they're all they're new. They're all more or less new. This sounds like someone who saw Glow oh, okay, and then, wanted to come and be like an amazing superhero and is frustrated with the mechanics. You mean Glow is in Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Yeah. yeah. 
Because they talk about how they want, like the WWE character wanted to do amazing stunts. WWE stuff. And it looks like she's playing a monk, which would make sense for that kind yeah, of like fighting. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like they have a vision in their head that the mechanics are not meeting. Mm-hmm. So, right. and especially when you're playing D and D, like that's going to happen. Especially so, at lower levels. So yeah, like, you're going to have I, in your head like, I want to be a level twelve and do all these. Like, well, you can when you're level twelve. Right. right now we're level one, so I find it. Very unlikely that a brand new player is going to say, "You're GMing wrong. Let me show you how it's done." No. Maybe, maybe. I mean, especially if they're a group of friends who are learning together, because that's what happened. This is a brand new GM maybe. with a bunch of brand new okay. players, so they're all learning and reading it together. I mean, I I think that's the case, and especially. I think we're going to get a follow up email. Maybe. No, no. This is one person's actually been role playing for a long time. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but that's not in the yeah. email. They said no, that you're everybody's right. you're, new. Yes, you're right. And it does sound like, you know, they can't do WWE stuff. That's something that I've run into a lot with new players, especially with D&D. They have this idea that they're going to be this hero. But you totally can. I'm sh- there's a table somewhere that says if you're going to do any sort of improvised attack or anything that's off the off Well, the I, books, think the, I think the issue may not be do it. Yeah, but that it, they can't do it is that they're not succeeding at doing it. Yeah. It's I think not that's super effective. Right. Yeah. right. So I think that's... The, it sounds like there's a little bit of a disconnect. One of the things I'd suggest doing is... You're interested in PBTA? Do a PBTA one shot, right. and see mm-hmm. if that fits more. You know the the style more. Do masks something crazy where they can be heroes, where they basically can narrate however they want it to be, and then roll, and then see if this person's having more fun with that. Because if there's someone who's who wants to, you know, be that WWE hero and do crazy flips and land on the bad guy, oh, I rolled a five. Like, that can be, you know, in PBTA, yeah. that's not it's horrible, it's not great, but it could be interesting at least. You know, that I could see a new player running up against mechanics and being frustrated with that because they can't be, like, what they wanted to be. I don't think Will actually is going to be a fan of PBTA games. I'm just throwing that out there. No, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> well, from, from her... From but her, try something totally different yeah, and right. see if it fits better. From her behavior, she talks about how she, she was really upset when she wasn't able to do awesome things. And now that she's jamming, she's really upset that the players aren't following her, her very well thought out right. clues. This sounds like it's someone who hasn't GM since the seventies. If if they GM'd at all, and, and they, and they, I don't they think they have, have done anything. No, they, she says specifically. They yeah. say specifically the entire group. The entire yeah, group. Yeah, where like, was it? I, I totally was the remember only that. GM. But that, that's not my point. My point is that you can't necessarily fix this. This is a this is a, an endemic problem where she's really has written a script, like how her character is going to be and what mm-hmm. the, she wants her character to do. Well, how her is. game is going to be, what yeah. she wants her game to do, how the players are going to behave in the game. I think that what we're stumbling upon is the fact that she's has a really hard time with the uh, ever-changing, evolving, um, collaborative storytelling part of this. She wants to Absolutely. be the center of attention, and kind everything of, needs to happen her kind of way. Kind of like she's more of an author than a GM. Right. Yes. Yeah. Are you sure this wasn't the previous email? No, it's right here. Where? This is my first time GMing or playing any RPG, really, and most of our group were new as well. Most. Okay, maybe. Okay. See, most. this sounds... Most is an operative word. Right, but this I will, just like I'm going to die player. on this hill now. <laughs> I know, you will. This is the one player okay. who's going to tell everyone how to play, play role-playing games right. Yep. Here's how you win D&D. That's what you've Oy. got. Maybe. See, I think... I mean, Most. I can't wait for the follow-up email to see which one is right. To me, this right. sounds like the brand-new player who doesn't realize this isn't... Five bucks. Okay, five bucks. <laughs> this sounds like a brand-new player who doesn't realize this isn't a movie that is planned out ahead of time where they can do the coolest things ever. Ever. Possibly, because mm-hmm. I've played with I've played with very recently. I've played with brand new players in D and D who were like mm-hmm. this, and they had how they wanted their character to be. D and D is a terrible game to introduce people to role playing. Right, games. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we still do it. I know. Yeah. We recommend it, but huh? it's the, well, it's a, no. It's we don't we, recommend it. That's, but, but, but that's the one game people have heard, heard of. Heard of, right? Yeah. 
But I, I like, and the person I played with, like, got upset when my character didn't react to their character the way they wanted it to. And they wanted their character to, you know, have this effect on everybody around them. And usually when people are brand new to role-playing games, they play, like, their, their ideal self, if they could be the perfect thing. Right. So if this I've person never done that. <laughs> I don't know. But um, you know, we all kind of start there. Yeah. Um, so if this person's doing that, which at least to my reading, it, it seems that like she's created her perfect self, and her perfect self isn't awesome. Like I can see her getting frustrated and be like, "Well, you must not be doing this right because well, I heard this is cool." Or if they watch Critical Role. And are like, everybody in Critical Role is perfect all the time and having so much fun, you're doing this wrong. Which is the other thing that's sort of starting to happen with new players in the community. Watching Critical Role learn how to play role-playing <laughs> games is like watching porn to learn how to have sex. <laughs> that is a very that's good a analogy. really great analogy. That's, I'm going to slow clap that and that, somebody make a t-shirt. I was so <laughs> ill-prepared for that analogy. Really? It's what it is. I was not ready for it. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was ill-prepared for that jelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which unbelievably great-looking no, people. Super accurate. Yeah, okay. That was very happy Jackson of us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so I can't wait to hear the follow-up about that. And, yeah, you got to settle our bet. Yeah. yeah. M from the Twin Cities, if that's your real yeah. name. <laughs> it's going to take a year and a half. But, yeah, I mean, and feel free. Like, be, like, up front with them and, like, hey, if you're not having fun, let's not force this issue. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you can not play in my game, and I can, you know, I'll play in your game still if you want to. I don't know why you would. But and and it, it brings up an interesting point. I've said it before. <coughs> Since but you want to kill my character a little. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before, but it brings, you know, it bears bringing up. A lot of people don't know that that's not how you should play a role-playing game, which is being, you know, the, the, the things Winning. aren't on railroads. Uh, is is that the right way? Is that the wrong way? They, they, I it's mean, not right well, or wrong. I mean, if you, it depends what you're what you're playing. Well, you brought up a really kind of funny point that she knows it's wrong because she gets mad when she's she playing said, a, when she's playing as a PC and she thinks the GM is railroading. She did say and the then, term railroading, right? Which, oh, that's which, true. which does mean that she knows some. Knowledge. She has ah, some knowledge. Maybe. there you go. Okay, but this is also from the double or nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> But she my, knows the lingo. But my, my point is, I know many, many people that play very railroady games, and they have a great time, and they don't know any different. Yeah. Right, sure. I, I mean, it's like Plato's Perfect Forms, where you're in a cave, and you're being well, shown a certain like, thing, and you're like, oh, this is great, this is great, and they don't realize that there's D&D so much D&D is more. really good at like the, the sort of tactical level of combat, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and, if, sure. and if you enjoy that, it's like, oh, the GMs, and, and you can have an adversarial GM, and if you dig that kind of... That kind, almost like a, almost like playing a tabletop war game. Yeah, that's what D&D you can was. have a, you can have yeah. a fantastic time doing that. Yeah, D and D was an incarnation of it came, right. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, it very much game. has that. But uh. but you, you could also have people that are afraid of things that are new and, and actually like role playing. Role playing does put you out on a limb. It's a, it's okay. one oh, more sure. thing. It's really easy to hide behind the randomness of dice mm-hmm. and move your move your little miniature around and then with the dice fall that happened. Okay, it's cool. It's another thing. To have an in-depth discussion about tactics or emotions or whether or not you, you know, who's going to go in first roll, <coughs> in a roll than it is to just roll the dice. Uh-huh. And that can make a lot of people uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. I've heard that the number one fear most people have is speaking in public. And when you're role-playing, it's almost that. You're sitting in front of a bunch of people pretending to be somebody you're not, taking a stand and saying something that that is part of your character that you may or may not believe in. You're basically... Making a speech to a bunch of people, you're acting in front of a bunch of people, and that can be really awkward to people. The number one fear is speaking in public, not being beheaded. Y- yes, 
Hmm. Well, because what's the actual chance you're going to be beheaded? It's like very. Did low. I say that? Did I say beheaded? No, no, no. no. But it was I, his weird I was just thinking. Thing. I was thinking of things that would be scarier than speaking in public. Well, I think well, it would be scarier, but the fear of it is so that like the chances of that actually happening yeah. are so low. It's not something. It's you like worry being about. buried alive. Like I'm sure burying alive is much scarier than speaking in public. <laughs> but. <laughs> What is, how what often is, am I going to have that little bell with the thing? <laughs> right. Right, just in case. <laughs> we, we rolled. I'm we paying extra for that. Steve rolled over Joey. I had a point. Sorry. I want. Oh to no, you're fine. Out. No, I was going to say you brought up a good point that speaking in public is, is very much role playing, and also it's it's a uh, role playing is basically a game of choices. Mm-hmm. Anytime you make a choice, you're putting yourself out on that limb, yeah. and there's always that fear of. Am I making the wrong choice? Yeah. Am I well, by so saying better, this yeah. by making my character do this? It's closing off certain things, and you feel really it's vulnerable. But then when you get into like party interplay stuff, then all those rules are off the table, right? And you start talking about like player, you know, character to character interactions, right? Because you like made, that. made a choice that makes there's no rules now. Right. Now it's just the two characters are going to talk, and one of them is trying to but, convince the other one of something. Mm-hmm. But but my my point is, I think a lot of people find that not fun. Or scary, this, or scary, yeah. sure, or both, or 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 yeah, that's a, I want combat. When are we going to roll initiative? Right, you lose. Right. Right. Well, that, yeah, like my that's, gold and XP. That's a whole thing. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's talking no rules to for social combat points. in D anD D, and so that when you're starting just in D anD D, that's very scary because there's no rules for it. Yeah. Same thing with losing, like mm-hmm. failing rolls. Um, mm-hmm. And and making the failure be fun for role playing because yeah. I don't again my background was D and D for the longest time mm-hmm. and I was always afraid of failing because failing was bad but now having played some PBTA <laughs> some Savage were like failing, failing is awesome is failing makes really cool I things happen better. and well, then regular yeah, failures in in D and D happen pretty frequently right yeah. and regular failures failures are boring right critical failures are interesting. But they used to get glossed over. Right. They used to get it's like, uh, oh, you d- missed. Die fudges, or you get missed, miss. or there's no consequences. Exactly. It's yeah. like, yawn. Or you have the DM who wants to be a little more drastic, and oh, you missed. Actually, you dropped your weapon, and now you have to actually pick up your weapon. But I better roll a one if I'm going to drop my. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so perhaps coming back to the email, this is uh, a person oh, that really, sorry. really just wants to follow more oh, of the sorry. dice rolling and have a combat, <laughs> rather than explore the idiosyncrasies of their character and their and their uh, place in in society which is fine that's 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 a that's that is a type of game that's a way to sure. play D&D but they may not mesh with uh, what's going on with the party yes i have another idea all right yes. I'll, like uh, a theory? In, in, no not a theory but like another idea like in the same vein as my run a one shot Run a one shot in D anD D where they're like super high level. Be prepared for a super long. Combat. Oh, like like ten, like yeah. tenth level or higher. Yeah, and see if this person is happier, and see if they feel cooler, like being super powered, having a badass combat where they can just dominate everything. Do like a premonition flashback yeah. thing and or have them level their characters up exactly. really high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then this person gets a chance to see like, oh, this is what my my character will be when we put right. work into it. See if they're any happier about it, because right. maybe they just shouldn't be a monk. Like, there's also times where I've picked yeah. a character class mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, this is gonna be amazing!" And then, like, "Oh God, I hate everything about this." I want to <laughs> die. Not every monk is. Jack I don't want to be a warden. I don't. Want <laughs> 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 I want a sword and shield. Give me a bag. Um, you wanted to make Jackie Chan. You made Kwai Kian. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so try that and see what that does with this person. Right. Um, and you don't, even if you don't want to t- like you can tie it in if they're into that. Um, you know, I think that's a really cool idea. 
since you've got Whiny McWinerson in your group. Whiny you know, McWinerson. Yeah. You may not want to maybe <coughs> just say, hey, I'm going to do a one-shot with super cool the characters and high-powered. Like, then it's, like, something separate, so they're not going to get all Judgy McJuggerson. Um <laughs> Did you say Judgy or Juggy McJuggerson? I said Judgy, she said Judgy and McJuggerson. Then McJuggerson. She can. I don't know. Maybe. <coughs> I this. You know what? And this. This occurs to me now that you said that. It, it may have just I boiled down judges. to that they need to be the center of attention all the time. Then you said that already. Could uh, be. I you may forgot. have touched on it, but I don't think I actually said it. Uh, and no, you, drilled you said the point they in. needed to be the center of attention because. Well, I mean, I may have touched on it because because. Everything that they're doing brings everything back to them all the time. And they're disrupting the entire game so that it's on them all the time. <coughs> That's most players, though. Yeah. Like, we're lucky. Like, we have very spotlight-adjacent, like, friends who are like, Be the star! Right. Joey, go! Yeah! I'm helping you boost! Yeah. But there's, like, a lot of a lot of players who haven't mastered that yet or haven't quite realized how magic that can be. And especially in D&D, where you're only getting to act once around. The rounds mm. are taking half an hour to get around. Yeah. You want every time you get to do something to succeed or be cool. And, like, yeah. I missed. Cool. To- totally I'm going to get a beer. Totally supports what I just said. Yeah. 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 No, 100% with a long combat in D&D. That can get super frustrating when it's, like, half, every half hour. Oh, wait. Mm. All right, half an hour until I get to do something again, and right. hopefully it's cool. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a gr- really that. good point. All right. Are we done? Good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a good... Thank you for the email, M from Twin Cities, yes. if that is your initial. <laughs> <laughs> and write back and tell us which one of us yes. is right. Yes. Yes. Mary Tyler Moore. Oh. oh. Like, is this off your new album? <laughs> this is the title song. Oh. <laughs> this song is I'm going to throw my hat in the air. It's going to be great. The freeze. Yeah. I totally got it. Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. for those of you millennials out there, one of the greatest shows ever. So funny. It's so and good. A strong Ted woman Knight. in lead, in charge, back in the day. I mean, and it's Mary Tyler no, Moore. No, there's a lot of issues. Yeah. There are, but, but they, they actually hit on a lot of those yeah. issues. Like, yeah. yeah, her whole relationship with Lou. Like that oh, yeah. Whole, yeah. And Mary Tyler Moore, uh, just... Uh, I think it. I think it was. Uh, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, the director, or whatever. He, he called her the thinking man's playmate because she's very smart, very charismatic. And uh, does that sound demeaning? Because I actually thought it was a really cool kind of phrase. Which is Mary Tyler Moore was this wonderful, empowered woman for for people that are smart for the seventies. For the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is definitely a a. Uh, Symptom of its time. It's yeah, a period well, piece. <laughs> yeah. Yes, period it is piece. now. Yeah. It's, we're talking mid seventies here. It's, you can't oh, yeah. escape it. Even the fashion. It's <laughs> right. But come on, yeah. Betty White in that show. Right. Is Betty White everything. is awesome. Everything yes. in that show. Well, so is Cloris Leachman. Well, yeah. Is that Cloris Leachman? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't realize it was Cloris Leachman. Yeah. Uh, who's codename B in the chat room says downtown Minneapolis has a Mary Tyler Moore statue. Aww. Do they really? Throw on her hat. Oh, like yeah, please tell me the hat is up in the air. <laughs> yep. Do you have both arms up, like like Rocky? Rocky, well, yeah, I got that. There's a really cool moment where Oprah, Win- Oprah Winfrey was really inspired by the show. So she's, she, she plays that little thing she talks about, and then Mary Tyler Moore, she did a recreation of it where she walked through all the swings, <coughs> and then Mary Tyler Moore walked out, and you watch Oprah, who's usually pretty cool, lose her shit. Oh, no kidding. She just <laughs> loses it, and is weeping openly, and Mary's like, whoa, hey, cool, right? But that show is really influential. Oh, yeah. I it's totally very see that being influential for Oprah. Absolutely. It's, it's worth checking out. It's a, it's kind of a, it's like a three-minute clip of her just losing her shit. When, awesome. when Oh, have any of you seen uh, the Lost in Space series on Netflix? No, but I want to. Really? 
Is it? Have you? I've heard it's good. I loved it. No. I've heard it's good. I loved it. Come on, it can't be any worse no. than the movie of Matt LeBlanc. It cannot be worse than but that. But it movie. can't be any better, can it? I mean, it's awesome. First off, the robot doesn't belong to them. They find him on the planet. Well, that's yeah, that's cool. He's of alien manufacture. Yeah, I, I and like you that find that course. out in the first like five or ten minutes. I'm not giving anything away. Well, it's away. in the ad, like when you watch the trailer. Oh, I, for no, it, I never saw the trailer. Like I only so, watch the trailer and I know that. So the the, the ro- they don't even fucking know what the robot is, and that mm-hmm. remains basically through the whole season. Well, that's yeah. Um And then, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Parker. Parker Posey. Posey. Parker Posey is Doctor Smith. Yes, yes. And she's oh my god, you hate her so much. Parker Posey is one of my favorite actors. Oh, she's phenomenal. <sighs> I, I mean, best I, in show. Come on, New Main Street Singers. Yeah. She plays a mandolin. Yeah. <laughs> Winnie McGuffman. Come on, guys. She was also a she vampire. She works the DQ. Yeah. She's Come on down, get your coke. <laughs> she's, she is, uh, she's a remarkable actress. Oh, she's yeah. And, very and she's awesome in that, too. Oh. Yeah. And she plays a great She's psychopath. great in Blade, too. Great too, When she plays a vampire. I never saw Blade. I don't know if I've seen so, saw Blade. It's one of Jessica Biel with the arrows. Oh. It's actually really... It, nah, it's, it's Parker Posey. I, I'm she's surprised great. I'd missed something with Jessica Biel's. <laughs> But anyway, all right, put it on the to do list. All right. <laughs> uh, oh shit, where is it? All right, here we go. No, no, yeah. Yeah! Gerbs? Thank you for joining us for season 21, episode 16 of Happy Chicks Review Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm still Kimmy. I'm Joey. We wandered really far afield today. That's okay. We did it, I blame myself. We pretty good on top yeah. today. I'm actually I proud think of so. Yeah, I'm stored. See you next week. Uh, at uh, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, and then we got uh, Demigods on Sunday. Sunday. Tomorrow is One Shot Saturday. So. One Shot Saturday tomorrow. Yeah. Oh my God, there's so much stuff happening. And Bob Fest, if you happen to be local. Yeah. And then Monster Hearts on Monday! Yay, Monster Hearts is starting! Thank you very much for the song. So much to be
Bum, bum, bum.